been a week since Big Mac attack was posted and still no trade. What the hell are you doing, Goody? Do you even listen? All kidding aside, we'll hit on some Khalil Mack talk, some preseason, week one highlights, headlines, and what we're looking for in week two here. We're giving you a second chance to tune in here, Goody. So get it together, man, for Go Mac Go. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so <laughs> scared! This week's episode is brought to you by Black Husky Brewing, the one and only sponsor of the Unknown Packers podcast, the one and only podcast available in American Sign Language and in spoken English. You can follow Jeremiah Wayman at, at MKE Wayman and Bryce Christensen at unknown underscore Bryce. You can tune in at Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Right off the bat, I'm thirsty. We're brewing in Black Husky Brewing right now. It's hot. Got some creepers in the building. What are you drinking, my brother, from another mother? Cheers, man. Uh, I'm actually trying to pass a little cold, so I'm drinking a nice little, I'll call it tea. It's actually whiskey, but uh, made a little old-fashioned for myself. Hey, you're under the weather. Under the weather, man. It's one of those summer colds, which I hear are just bad. And I'm just, find it, find it, man. Find it as best I can, but... Enough about me. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, what? a little bit more about you. So is it like on the scale of Jake Ryan, ACL injury, sick? Or is it David Bakhtiari rolling his ankle and he's going to be ready to go tomorrow, sick? Uh, I'd say David Bakhtiari rolled his ankle. All right. But I'm going to have a huge brace on that, you know. On where? On my ankle when oh, I play okay. tomorrow. Oh, okay. Because you've got a cold, right? Yeah. I was just wondering, is there a cold brace that I'm unfamiliar with? I, I, I want to it's, figure that out. It's called whiskey, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm drinking Deck Dog from Black Husky Brewing. Nice Kolsch, which is a variation of Pilsner. One more for the Gipper. <laughs> so we've got our episode, Go Mac Go, broke, breaking down last week's highlights of our first preseason game. We'll also talk about this week's headlines, which does include Khalil Mack. And then this latter part of this episode will be totally focused on week two preseason game. Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Lambeau Field. Morgan Burnett wearing a Steelers jersey coming home yeah, to Lambeau. And Aaron Rodgers possibly taking a couple snaps with the first team reps in the first quarter uh, tomorrow. But first and foremost, give me your reactions from game one, our 31 31- 17 win over the Tennessee Titans. We're going to the Super Bowl, right? Oh, for sure, Week man. one preseason game Definitely. in the books. And Brett Hundley's going to be the game-winning quarterback. Everyone know? should just totally. stop right now and play and just give us the Vince Lombardi trophy. Yep, that's exactly what I thought. You know, first, very interesting. Uh, we were recording and watching the game last week, so there, you know, if you listen to her episode last week, there's probably a couple uh, moments where we jump in and out there and, yeah. you know, a couple, yay, hey, you know, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, um, so that was kind of weird, kind of interesting, but... Uh, I'd say for sure Marquez Valdez scaling off the, off the top of my head. Uh, you know, five catches, 101 yards, a touchdown. Uh, I think on that touchdown specifically, had to make an adjustment to kind of come back over uh, the back shoulder of the corner to make that make that catch. Um, you know, I think going back and forth, you listen to um, Boyle and him talk about it. 
and Boyle's like, oh man, yeah, I threw up a kind of a lame duck ball there, and that was all MBS. And uh, so I, you know, his his play the entire game, I think, showed kind of his potential that he had been, kind of been flashing throughout uh, mini camps and training camp. Um, but you know, had that drop ball issue. I think hopefully for you know at least a week, kind of put that aside. Um, I wanted to add to MVS real quick, especially after you know we played a clip last week with Aaron Rodgers, pretty much yeah. chewing out his wide receivers. Piss poor, yeah, piss poor. Uh, apparently, he said he's not sending a message. It clearly to us, for me, it was sending a message. Oh, for sure. And I think he responded. MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling very well. Five catches, 101 yards, and touchdown. A nice 51-yard pass from Kaiser, and then had a spectacular um, uh, catch back of the end zone for a touchdown. And he actually played in the slot, which I think is interesting with his speed and his size in the slot. That's the thing that sticks out the most with MVS is that speed right oh, after God, the snap. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's unparalleled. It's something that I haven't seen in a while. Another highlight is another wide receiver um, who essentially is our brother from another mother, Equinemius St. Brown. <laughs> He had four catches for 61 yards. Uh, he's definitely my favorite wide receiver out of the rookie bunch. Uh, reason being is that I projected the Packers to mm-hmm. select Equinemius. We did. So that made us think that Brian Gutekunst listens, listens to us a to little, podcast, little man, bit. Sure. Hopefully he's going to listen to Go Mac Go, and we'll get Khalil Mack. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But he had a 28-yard gain from Tim Boyle in the slot. Created a nice separation from the defender. Caught caught the pass, and then stuck his arm right in the defender's face, created another 10-yard gain off of that. So it seems like he's got the route running. He's got that physicality that can play. Now let's see if he can get that mental aspect and actually that consistency going. But I thought it was a really nice move to get open. And uh, anything on wide receiver groups? I mean, No, I think I was just going to say, I think, like you said, in that play specifically, that, you know, I think he showed what I think he did show at Notre Dame and um, kind of, you know, what – what we picked him up and hopefully what he would kind of contribute to the team was that yards after the catch um, ability. Um, and that's, yeah, that's all, you know, that's really much up. Kind of disappointed, I guess, in Jamon Moore. I thought he would kind of flash more. Um, but, you know, it seemed like he maybe had the troubles with the drops that maybe we thought MVS would. So, yeah, kind of a surprising turn of events there. And preseason is essentially just, it's glorified practice. Oh, for sure. But it's under the lights, it's game time. Yep. Uh, some more blemishes that picked on. I mean, Quentin Rounds couldn't have picked uh, a more opportune time to get cut, essentially, in my opinion. Yeah. Got burned by wide receiver Nick uh, Williams. That turned into a 38-yard game. That was a third down play. They, muffed a punt. Uh, muffed a punt, and it seems like the Packers are trying him everywhere, yep. trying to salvage that second-round pick that they used in 2015. Uh, Byron Bell is not a tackle. We can never put him there, ever. No. Part of me actually thinks, can he even make the team? I'm amazed at how bad he looks considering that we, you know, the contract we gave him. We gave him a signing Assuming bonus. that he would kind of just be able to step in at right tackle and be the stopgap if, uh, you know, um, Ulaga was out for a long period of time. So, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know what the hell, what he did in Dallas or what what, what we saw to Carolina. pick him up. I don't, yeah, Dallas and Carolina. So that, that that's the one thing that stuck out to me was the offensive line is more of a cause concern. Moving forward, especially uh, David Bakhtiari with his uh, – his injured ankle, and then he's actually going to play tomorrow, supposedly. I think hopefully that's the plan, and I think we'll talk about this later. But yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. And then outside of that, I mean, the quarterback play, I thought 
was exciting to watch. You had Tim Boyle that I thought, you know, what do you have, like a 118 QBR rating. Oh, yeah. He had, uh, uh, had a the, missile for an arm. Yep, two touchdowns. Um, Good, nice pass to Kumaro at the end there. Touchdown to MBS. Had that nice pass to Jamon that was dropped. Yep. Hunley had that nice dime with that 48-yarder to Devontae Adams. Yep. And it, it seems like even with that, all that play, I'm still, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to wait the entire preseason. Got, I got to get those three other games in there, see, it, you know, Kaiser, see Hunley. Because, I mean, we saw that last year with Hunley, you know, did well in the preseason, but, man, as soon as he put on the... Did he? I thought he was awful in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was, I don't think he was awful, but comparatively to Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he obviously impressed enough to keep his spot. I just think... From where we're at right now, it's it's kind of a, a crapshoot because you're you're comparing, you know, you got Kaiser, and you got Hundley. Even if they both do well, I, I think you're still at a loss um, as far as backing up Aaron Rodgers. Brett Hundley is taking out that car loan, thinking that you're actually going to get some sort of return on it, and realizing that the car actually breaks down a little bit down the road, and you still have that car payment. I I'm not a fan of Hundley. I I think I would love to see him generate some trade. Buzz. Oh, for sure. Package that yeah. for Cleo Mack. Um, outside of that, Kendall Donerson, our boy, strip oh, yeah. sack. Beagle picks up the fumble. Reggie Gilbert creating some pressure. Looked awesome. Making Ted Thompson look like a fool for cutting him and hoping that he slid to the practice squad. Yeah. Which he did. I think. Uh, Finally moved above Fackrell this week in uh, in reps. Which, so, yeah. I mean, again, they're listening, they're listening to our right? podcast. Jesus. And I also just wanted to mention one little tidbit. Uh, Harold, Harold Landry, a guy that we had been projected, yeah. the Packers taking, had that dip and rip, uh, had a really nice strip sack, and it makes you wonder, man, he fell to the second round. Anyway, it, it, you, you see that type of production, you think, I would have loved to see that off the edge yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. But um, moving forward, outside of highlights from game one, headlines this week in practice, what caught your eye? Um, yeah, for sure. You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think that was the first thing that saying he wants to play. Um, and not only just in the preseason, but this week, uh, wants to get in front of those hometown fans. You know, hasn't played since, uh, Jesus, uh, Cincinnati? Or was it? Carolina. Was it Carolina. No, no, no. I mean, sorry. Hasn't played at Lambeau, though, since Cincinnati, I believe. Um, yeah, I that's, that's yeah. right. And so. Has he got injured? I think he's been injured like in Minnesota. 200 some days, through almost, almost a full year which is crazy. Um, so to get that, and I think as you were mentioning or kind of t- getting into talking about before, um, I think Rogers said it was, you know, if Bakhtiari plays, I think that'll be more of a kind of a push for him to play. Uh, you know, I think without Bakhtiari, do you still put A-Rod in there? I mean, that's... I don't want Bakhtiari to, pra- or to play in general. I think yeah. him coming off an injury, I'd much rather... I'd but much then do you rather throw, have, do you think you right in there with like Spriggs and Murphy? No. Yeah. What I'm saying is yeah. that if Bakhtiari does go, which I would not play Bakhtiari tomorrow. Based on his he's, name, yeah. he's the second most valuable asset to your team outside Aaron Rodgers. And if that's the case, then you're not playing Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I get the fact that he hasn't played in a while. I get that there's a new ground-up playbook with Joel Philbin that he's still trying to grasp and that he also has a bunch of rookies that are also trying to grasp the audibles and the checks and the cadences and the flow and the no huddle. And so I understand that he's eager and he wants to get together with a new team that he really is yet to play with. Jimmy Graham, all these rookie wide receivers. Sure. He doesn't have Jordy. I mean, outside of Devontae and Randall, 
that's that's essentially it in, yeah, in his funny. running backs. But he really didn't have the opportunity to play with those running backs because he got hurt and Hundley took over. Yep. So this is a whole new thing, I think. So I get his eagerness. I'd much rather wait till week three. But he played last year in week two. 16 snaps, I think. And I think, uh, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. I think, you know, all the things you mentioned as far as getting in there with the rookies, I think that's my biggest thing is to see him, see how he does with an MBS, with an Equinemius, with Jamon Moore, uh, with Jimmy Graham, you know, not a rookie, but uh, a new uh, piece of the puzzle on offense. And so, to, uh, yeah, I get it. I totally get all the people that are saying, oh, man, don't even put him in there, risking injury. But, you know, I don't know if we want to go into week one, two, three, where it's almost like, oh, man, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is not on the same page with these rookie wide receivers. You don't want to go through that song and dance again. I mean, I, I see your cause for concern. I still just think that these players are professional regardless of the, the immaturity that they have with the NFL. And granted, there's definitely going to be growing pains, but I look with Aaron Rodgers is that anyone that's playing with him, they're going to rise to the occasion. Aaron Rodgers brings that. I mean, last week he had that message. Look what happened in that preseason game against Tennessee. Yeah. You had Jake Kumro. And Aaron Rodgers has been gushing about Jake Kumro. So I... I also see he's probably eager and excited to see him with Jake Kumaro in those wide receiver one reps. Oh, for sure. In that in that first round of uh, go action, probably the first quarter or whatever. Outside of that, I mean, what do you have? I mean, Cole Madison is probably another. That's a huge one. I mean, big it, headline. Yeah. I, and for those of you who don't know, uh, guard tackle out of Washington State, we, we spent a fifth round draft pick on him. He hasn't. He did not report to rookie camp OTAs. Hasn't he did. Report- he did report to OTAs. He was in. Uh, he was in mini camps and OTAs, but he just did not report. He has not reported to training camp. I read that today that um, he reported to the rookie mini camp or the rookie camp and OTAs, and then has not reported to training camp. Huh. So he was actually part of the team, or you know, is part of the team still technically, but reported. And then since then has kind of, you know, I think we've all heard inklings of what might be going on. I don't think, it, obviously, nobody's ever ta- actually talked to him, um, you know, kind of to do with uh, his ex-quarterback uh, over at Washington State who committed suicide. and Tyler Helsinki. Yeah, and he may be, you know, still kind of dealing with that or coping with that, which is, oh, totally understandable um, from a, you know, just, you know, we feel for the guy. And um, but obviously, again, we haven't heard confirmation of anything. What it's really about, you know, it's a family matter, a personal issue. Um, See, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't realize that he reported and then backed out. I thought it was something yeah. That was so I saw that so. today. I, I looked at or kind of did some research because I saw a bunch of pictures of him in a Packers jersey and like looked like he's working, doing something. And, and I, you know, look it up, and sure enough, he actually reported to the you know OTAs um, in rookie, you know, rookie camps. And then at, since then, um, and so there was, and there's a month in between there where they take off. So, I mean, maybe in that time, he kind of really started thinking about life, whatever, you know, again, don't want to speculate, but. Um, I've got two sides that I'm looking at with Cole Madison. One, obviously, if it is a health concern, you got to, you know, tip your hat off to him and recognize that he's making a, a critical decision for himself now and in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, CTE is something that's prevalent. It's something that's going to continue to pop up in the NFL. It's something that the NFL is going to continue to address, especially when you see more and more cases of younger athletes who have, um, who have passed and then they've done an autopsy and you find out that they've had significant amounts of CTE, which is what happened with uh, Tyler Helsinki. I hope I'm 
pronouncing his last name Galinsky. Galinsky. Galinsky, yeah. Thank you. From Washington State, which uh, Cole Madison is from, blocked for him. He committed suicide, and then after the autopsy, which was only re- uh, revealed not too long ago, uh, that he had uh, severe amounts of CTE, which is the brain knocking up uh, against your skull yeah. repeatedly to the point where it just traumatizes a part of your brain, and then you have memory loss, all this other stuff, mood changes. And that's something that we've speculated that that could be the reason where he's having almost an existential, I, I don't want to say crisis, but almost like a recognition of what what to do now and moving forward from a Packers standpoint. And um, I mean this, you know, as humanly as possible. They spent a fifth round draft pick where historically the Packers have had a lot of success in the fourth, fifth round. And he just seemed like he really fit the bill. You look at our our depth, which amazes me that Jari Evans is still out there. I wouldn't mind just having an extra body bring him in, but I think that offensive line is something that is such a cause of concern. This only amplifies it even more, and I don't know what that situation is. It's I think they did an interview with his uh, his agent, Colin Roberts, and he actually said his plan is still to play, and I mean, now whether that's in 2018 or, you know, down the road, he didn't say that specifically, but um, if, if he does end up sitting out all of 2018, let's say that happens, that won't, you know, obviously doesn't count against our roster. He's still um, a property of the Green Bay Packers. So going into the 2019 season, he would still be, um, you know, part of our team. So, you know, there's that to keep in mind, I guess. So the possibility of him sitting out, I think, or not playing at all this year, uh, at least even for at least half of the year, based on how much time he's missed already, is pretty realistic. Um, Wish him nothing but the best. Give yeah, him a little, oh, sure. Give him a little clash. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was touting him as the next David Bakhtiari in pre uh, pre training camp, pre preseason, everything. Got the hair, got the body, got the body. Uh, comparisons wise, as far as like NFL draft combine stuff, it was very uh, very similar to Bakhtiari. But and again, wish him the best. Before we wrap up our first half of Go Mac Go, we have to talk about Khalil Mack. Last week, the man we talked about. So you're telling me there's a chance with Khalil Mack? We have the ammunition. Uh, we have the salary cap where we can actually figure that out. And now it has been reported that he is seeking a $22 million a year contract. He is under contract with the Raiders right now for this year, but he's holding out. So he's got that leverage. He could play out this entire holdout and then become a free agent. They could still franchise tag him. Uh, the trade proposal that I had suggested was a first-round draft pick, Brett Hundley and Nick Perry. What we talked about last week, I got completely Twitter bashed to the point where I, I I shed one single tear. Just You should have got a tattoo of it as it <laughs> as it dripped down your face. And he's got this we've got the second best odds according to Vegas right now. It was first earlier in the week, now it's second from what I just saw in Bleacher Report. Correct me if I'm wrong. What uh what are you, what do you have those odds at? I don't have the numbers but Okay. Because this shoot. morning I read it was Vegas odds had us at eleven to four. Um, which I think was for, or wait, no. The Raiders were three to two. We were at eleven to four, and then Bills at seven to one. Cowboys, Colts, and the Jets were next in line at eight to one. Give me your thoughts. And I'm actually not a gambling man, so I have no idea what all that means. I don't either. It does seem like it. It, it looks good. It yeah, it looks good. Um, you know, like you said, I, we have the ammunition. We have the, the draft picks. We have some actual uh, the player. Uh, you know capital to, to mess with if we wanted to. You know, you, you mentioned Perry. 
Um, Hunley, I know people have scoffed at that because well, why do you just keep on to give us, you know, keep giving us uh, backup John quarterbacks? Gruden loves him. That's yeah, that's fine. That's true. Um, you got the Reggie McKenzie connection with uh, Gutekunst, him being a former oh, buds, director of scouting buds. in 2012. I think so, the only thing I'm hesitant on is the two first round picks. I, I don't say two first round picks, but even oh no, I think a lot of people. Uh, Pete Doherty came out with an article today on Packers News, and uh, it was give them whatever they want, two first round picks, and uh, that you know, so in that in my mind, that's a little too much to give up. You got to get Kalil Mack on this team. We're going to wrap up the first half. Take away Webster X. Feeling my bed. Remembering that shit wasn't always like this. Crawling back to happiness. I wonder what the room cap is. I wonder if these angels from the books will come and snatch the kid. I casually used to find all the damages. Damages. Remembering that I'm. We hope you enjoyed the soothing sounds of Webster X, Milwaukee's favorite hip hop artist. Thank you once again. I've got a new beer. You've got the same old. I don't know why I'm giggling. Same I'm sorry. Cocktail. I think it's the Black Husky Brews. You start giggling. For some Makes reason, sense. I'm a little bit more it's giggly. The eight plus percent alcohol in typically every beer. So. Well, I'm drinking the Vein, the Citra Hop. Big difference from the Deck Dog. A little bit more, about four percent more. No, three percent more in ABV. Oh yeah. It's from delicious. Yeah, yeah. Same glass though. Um, That's wrong, man. That's wrong. I we, there's a new bartender at Black Husky right now, so we'll give her a little bit of a pass. And she did not know who the Unknown Packers podcast was. Big faux pas. No man. No tip. No tip. No tip. No, I'm just kidding. You're never coming back to this. The place. Unknown Packers podcast tips about 75% <laughs> every single time at Black Husky Brewing, which is located at 909 East Locust Street in the River West neighborhood of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Black Husky Brews. The soothing lozenge, lozenge. <laughs> to wet your whistle. And speaking of lozenges, how's your cold? Is it doing all right? It's uh, getting a little better. I can feel it improving. You know, I'll be ready to go tomorrow, just like Michael Jordan. Well, we will be, uh, obviously we're recording this on a Wednesday. We'll be releasing this tonight in preparation for tomorrow's game against the Steelers. And we've talked about everything so far from last week, headlines this week. Khalil Mack, Cole Madison, Mike McCarthy's comments, and now give me a, give me a taste of what Jeremiah Wayman is thinking in regards to Game Two. Game Two, man. Against uh, the Steelers at Lambeau Field. Uh, I'm excited to see, especially uh, you know our offense again, especially if A Rod plays. See that against their number one defense, against T.J. Watt, against Burnett. Um, I think to see how again see how our receivers show up if uh you know they show, can show up two weeks in a row in a preseason game consistency uh build that rapport again this is all if rogers plays uh, i'd love to see how you know even kumaro who i still think is kind of as crazy weird i don't know how to describe him this enigma um but to see i just because I, I feel a lot like max mccaffrey last year but at the same time i see i could see him making the team um so it's kind of a weird place to be in but, uh, you know, see how he plays with Rodgers, see how MVS, Equinemius, Jamon, uh, Devante, I'm sure they'll be just clicking right off the bat. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, uh, like we said, highlights from week one, I think to see, you know, what those guys are able to do uh, in week two, Montrevious Adams, um, who did we mention? Uh, Dredgick Gilbert, um, Jair Alexander didn't play in week one. I believe, uh, who else was, uh, there was another corner who was out week one. Kevin King. Kevin King, yeah. So I think they'll both be playing this week. 
which will be huge. Um, I, you know, what I would love to see is somebody else, um, you know, maybe a Jair, maybe... I don't think he's going to play. You know he's playing? No, I think that groin injury is pretty significant, okay. so I think okay. he'll... Like, speaking yeah. of injuries, I think you've got, I mean, David Bakhtiari with the ankle, uh, Jair Alexander with the groin, Kevin King with the shoulder. I wouldn't play him at you all. You wouldn't play him at all? At all. And, th- and if that's the case, I wouldn't play Aaron Rodgers if David Bakhtiari's not playing. It is weak. No, two. totally. Yep. I think those are tied together. But from all reports, it seems like David Bakhtiari is going to play tomorrow. Um, it looks like Alexander won't play. So a guy that I was really impressed with last week that we didn't mention, but Josh Jackson – you know, he's, he's more oh, yeah. of an off-the-ball off, yeah, yeah. off corner. That's what Patton has described him as. That's the information that we got from Tom Silverstein's podcast, uh, Packers podcast with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. But he played a lot of slot last week. And what you got to see was almost this multidimensional type of player, very versatile. Mike Patton spoke very highly of him last week and in practice this week. So he's a guy that I want to see, again, those rookies, consistency. Can they continue to build off of that and get ready? It's under the lights. Get ready for prime time and get ready for the Super Bowl run of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Oren Burks was a guy that can cover a lot of ground. What I want to see and what Tom Silverstein mentioned in his Packers podcast is he has those lapses in mental judgment, which comes a lot with rookies. And I think can, the run a little bit. And can he take on those tackles? Yeah. You know, can he generate pressure or is he more of a lean almost like a KGB type of guy where he's got those long arms, that lean body where, I mean, KGB was a guy that actually had to put on a little bit of more muscle in the last, what? KGB, oh, yeah, yeah. Two, three years? Yeah. But, I mean, I remember when KGB But, I mean, first, he was a straight-up defensive end. So. But he was a guy that probably would play edge. Where oh, I look now, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where sure. I look at Burks as that guy. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of him. I think I say, you know, Oren Burks, and I said this last year about Deion Jones, or, sorry, Josh Jones, Reminds me, again, that same body type, uh, speed, all, you know, all those spark scores, all that stuff. Uh, Deion Jones, and I think I always bring him up because he's a guy that I kind of envy or wish the Packers had. But I, I feel like Oren Burks kind of emulates those same types of skills. Um, the, another guy I'm looking forward to who I actually think did a great job, maybe not in the stat sheet necessarily, but Ahmad Thomas uh, from week one. I think him in week two, man, he tossed aside. I can't remember. Uh, which offensive lineman it was, but just threw him aside like a ragdoll coming through. So we're talking about guys, you know, in the run in run game and being able to get off blocks. And there was a couple times where he, he shed blockers like they were no big deal. So, I mean, to see that from a guy who played four years as a safety, you know, started three years in a row, was a captain for his senior year um, at Oklahoma, to see that coming from a guy who was a safety, I mean, that's awesome. So you're telling me you like Ahmad Thomas. I'm lo- I love Ahmad Thomas, man. Just a little bit. Man, it's like the only, right off his sport the only, card. Uh, di- whatever, the silver lining for me for the Jake Ryan injury was pretty much makes Ahmad Thomas a shoe-in for the roster. So. More Ahmad Thomas? I'll oh, cheers yeah. to that. I mentioned Kendall Donerson last week had the strip sack. I love him. Obviously, he, I mean, could he fit in that mold of J. Rowan Elliott? But he seems like a guy that's not just destined for special teams. He's, he seems like, for me, a guy like what Reggie Gilbert was like. A guy that'll probably take his time, and then you finally realize the full potential. But he came from a small school, south, uh, southeast Missouri State. Like we mentioned before, was invited to the Combine, did a Missouri Western Pro Day, lit it up, had those numbers translated to the NFL Combine. 
he would have been number one with uh, in that linebacker category. So a guy with pure oozing athleticism and a guy with the biggest shoulders that I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Those things are massive. I have already said that Amat, like Ahmad Thomas is your 53-man guy. Yeah, yeah. Kendall Donerson's my 53-man guy. Well, I had them both on my 53. That's why I love you. Rock on, man. I, I'd kiss you, but you're sick. <laughs> yeah, they're right. You don't want what I have. And outside of that, I mean, Robert Tunyon is a guy that I've been intrigued with. I have uh, seen that. Uh, converted wide receiver tight end. Scotty Sports released Andy his 53-man uh, yesterday or two days ago and had Tunyon as his third tight end. He's intriguing, so I want to see if he, he makes some plays. And if Aaron Rodgers indeed plays tomorrow, what I'm envisioning is probably two series. One series against with the veterans. Mm-hmm. And if he plays another series, have it with all the rookies. See if they can actually pick up on his cadence, his audibles. See what they can see with the flow of the game because that's under the lights. And I want to see what Jake Kumaro and Aaron Rodgers have up their sleeve. Right. I think I, when Tim Boyle connected with Jake Kumaro end of the fourth quarter Titans game, Rodgers running down. I mean, he's throwing his oh, arms yeah, yeah. up. He's super pumped. Yeah. And for me, it just seems like, man, I think he's really, really rooting for Jake Kumaro. Outside of that, I don't think Patton is going to show us anything. I, I think he's no. going to keep that defense bland and Pretty stale. Pretty through the, yeah. You, gotta, the you can't unveil yeah, your yeah. secrets. Yep. What's yeah. your prediction tomorrow? Uh, you know, I think uh, I think Rodgers plays. I think has a, you know, touchdown drive, first series of the game. Plays one series, and that's it. Who scores the touchdown? Jake Kumaro. Jake Kumaro to Rodgers? <laughs> All right. I think... And if all reports are true, I think he plays two series. Two, okay. I'm saying back-to-back touchdowns. Ooh. One to Jimmy Graham, second one, Equinemius St. Brown. Nice, nice. Anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, I love it, man. Uh, I think, uh, you know, also to look for is, again, the, the, the backup quarterback battle. As stupid as that sounds, I mean, that's a big piece of going forward, you know, into the year. We don't want to be in the same situation we were last year. Well, based off of, like, what McCarthy said, too, is, as well. With. Yeah, I mean, he was saying, you know, that it's it seems like from his press conferences, from analyzing last week's game and just practices, that, you know, he's viewing Hunley as leagues ahead of Kaiser and Doyle, uh, sorry, Boyle, O'Doyle, uh, Boyle. He's kind of clubbing them in together, actually, which for me, it doesn't sound very good for Kaiser. But um, so just kind of, and the way he described it, they were just on a different field almost, like a different different T. I don't know. It was weird. Well, he's been um, there for four or five years. Exactly. So, like, exactly, of course he's exactly, going to understand exactly. that. Kaiser's super young. Yep. But I will say, I was blown away with Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle and his arm strength. So, I that's something that I'm, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on. I, don't, I hope that we can sneak him in. If it were me, I wouldn't play Tim Boyle at all. I'd play Kaiser and Hunley. Yeah. Hide Boyle, cut him, get him on the and, practice and get squad. him on the practice squad. Yeah. But uh, outside of the 14 to nothing Packers Steelers in the first quarter. Outside of that, I'm really excited to just see how the rookies right. can continue to be consistent. And also, I'm also curious if Nick Barnett is a really, really good person. <laughs> we still haven't figured that out. I'm Bryce Christensen. I'm Jeremiah Wayman. This is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Wasting hours in bed all day
I am fading I'm gone, will I ever come back again? We'll fend them off, kill them off, send them off until I Write a song, sing along, demons gone until I Fend them off, kill them off, send them off until I Write that song, jump along, demons 